Let's open our Bibles together. This morning we turn to the book of Proverbs, the last chapter. And we'll read the verses 10 to 31, which are also the text for this morning. Proverbs 31, beginning at verse 10 and ending at verse 31, where the word of our God reads as follows. An excellent wife who can find is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works Praise her in the gates thus far. Love congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ today is, as you all know, Mother's Day in North America. Sandwiched in between Easter and Pentecost, there is not only Ascension Day, but there is also Mother's Day. It's the day in which we give special attention to our mothers and grandmothers. And of course, we should do that every day of the year, but we are by nature a forgetful bunch, especially when it comes to praise and appreciation. And hence, it's good to be reminded of the pivotal roles that mothers, wives play in our lives. Oh, and if we forget, there is always the world around us to remind us, the world loves Mother's Day. Look at the stores bringing with colorful cards, complete with glowing phrases and complimentary words and husbands rushing in at the last moment to procure them. Look at the shops filled to overflowing with all sorts of beautiful flowers and arrangements. A cynic has been heard to say that while Christmas belongs to the toy industry and Easter belongs to the egg industry, Mother's Day belongs to the card and flower industry. Now from all of this, 
hoopla and excitement, one might draw the conclusion that motherhood must be in fine shape today. And yet, that's not really the case. For scratch the surface, and what do you see but motherhood in crisis? So many women openly state that they have no interest in ever becoming mothers. For so many, the aim is a career, not children. For so many, children are an inconvenience to be tolerated, if not aborted. For so many, the idea of being married to one man, giving birth to children, raising them is viewed as an albatross around one's neck. Children cramp your style. Children cost a lot of money. Children drag you down, spoil your fun and your holidays. In truth, the world does not prioritize or prize motherhood as much as the commercial interests and the advertising industry would have us believe. Thankfully, however, the Bible paints a different picture. Motherhood in it is viewed as one of life's most exalted tasks and callings. I ask you, what other institution is so influential when it comes to shaping future generations? Little wonder that children are repeatedly told to honor their parents, and that means mother. It's even embedded in the Ten Commandments, as we heard this morning, and of course, it's a capital crime, it was in the Old Testament, to flaunt or disobey this commandment. Conversely, what's a husband's greatest asset? It's not his house. It's not his car or his pickup truck. It's not his toys or his tools. It's his wife. An excellent wife, Proverbs says, is the crown of her husband and who doesn't, in certain moments, want to wear a crown. Truly, Scripture thus praises motherhood, and perhaps no more so than here at the end of Proverbs, Proverbs 31, where you find some of the highest accolades as well as the finest description. So let's listen to it. I preached to you on the theme, what a wife, what a mother. First of all, we're going to look at her talents. Secondly, her character. Thirdly, her reviews. And finally, her secret. So what a wife, what a mother, her talents, her character, her reviews, and her secret. Actually, you know, Proverbs 31, these last verses should be required reading for everyone. Fathers and husbands need to read them. Children need to read them. Even wives and mothers and would-be wives and would-be mothers need to read them too. Why? Because this here is a biblical description of what a biblical wife and mother looks like. You might say here you have the standard, the norm, the model, the aim. Some would even go so far as to say here you have the ideal or perfect wife and mother. In any case, there is no doubt that she is different from some other women mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And if you ask what other women, well, look at Proverbs 19. A wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain or the tap. 
or Proverbs 21, it's better to live on a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. So quarrelsome women, crabby women, contentious women, ideal women, Proverbs knows them all. But it's only the latter that's held up as the model. So what does this model look like? What is the biblical model all about? And for an answer, notice that verse 10 speaks of an excellent wife. Literally, in Hebrews, or in Hebrew, it says a woman of many parts. In other words, this woman has many gifts, many abilities, many facets, many talents. In some ways, she's like a diamond. And let's take a closer look at her talents first. For one, she's a good dresser. Verse 13 says she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Verse 22 says she makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Here then is a woman who produces linen and cloth. She clothes her family, keeps them warm at night and in winter. And you know, that's not an easy task. It's tiring and tedious work. Nevertheless, she does it with, it says, willing hands. Meaning, without grumbling, complaining, griping about having to make yet another dress or another robe, this woman doesn't moan about doing the same old job over and over again. She doesn't wallow in self-pity. Rather, she has eager hands. She gets at it. She does her work, even her household work, with enthusiasm and gusto. In addition, she takes pride in her work. She dresses her family well, and she dresses well, too. Verse 22 refers to fine linen and purple. In short, this lady's got style. In addition to being a good dresser, she's also a fine shopper and cook. Verse 14 and 15 says she's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. You know, in North America, I think most women do the bulk of their grocery shopping once a week. But in the rest of the world, it's not so. And in biblical times, it wasn't so either. You had no refrigerator to preserve your food. So every day you went to the market and you had to buy food. And if you think of it, that's quite a chore. It takes a lot of time and effort. You need to know your meats and your produce. You need to know your merchants. But nevertheless, it says she does it willingly. Every day, she somehow manages to provide for her family. She finds wholesome food. Not a case of skip the dishes with her. It's not a case of TV dinners or takeout either. No, she rises early and she shops she doesn't stay in bed until all hours. She doesn't let her husband and children scrounge for themselves. She's way ahead of them, and she takes good care of them. But then if she's a good dresser and a fine provider, she's also, and that's maybe a bit of a surprise, a good businesswoman. She knows how to buy. Verse 16 says she considers a field and buys it. 
You see, this woman is into real estate. Obviously, she has financial ability, and her husband recognizes this and gives her money and opportunity. In no way does he feel threatened by her ability. But there's more. Notice she also knows how to invest. Verse 16b, with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. In other words, she takes the profit she makes from her field, and she buys either a vineyard or she plants it. And the result is that she knows how to make a profit. You might say she's kind of a capitalist in that. Verse 18, her merchandise is profitable. Verse 24 refers to her cottage industry. She makes fine linen, sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. The bottom line is this woman knows how to make money and how to handle money. She doesn't just spend it. She spends it wisely. She earns it. She grows it. She saves it. So thus far, we've seen this woman as a good dresser, a fine provider, a shrewd businesswoman, and next she is also a hard worker and a good organizer. Verse 17, she dresses herself with strength. Verse 18, her lamp does not go out at night. Verse 19, she puts her hand to the distaff. Verse 27, she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. You see, this woman is not allergic to work in addition, she also has organizational skills. Verse 15b refers to portions for her maidens. This means that she knows how to organize and deal with her help. You know, she lives in a day and age, as we mentioned, where there are no fridges, no stoves, no dishwashers, microwaves, air fryers, washers, dryers, Roombas, or Dysons. There are no electronic maids. There are only human maids to deal with. And she deals with them well. And as if that's not enough, she's not afraid of snow. This means that she's even prepared for the unexpected and the unusual. Even the occasional freak snowstorm in Israel does not rattle her. She takes it all in stride. And finally, there's one more talent that we need to mention, and that is she is a good giver. This woman not only cares for her husband and her children, she also cares for the needy. Verse 20, she opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She doesn't ignore the less fortunate, her heart and her hands go out to the poor. Charity is part of her DNA. Obviously, she has lots, but in her affluence, she does not bypass the struggling. Well, now, this is, as you have gathered, one talented lady. And as a result, it's no wonder that she is called an excellent wife. Verse 12 adds that she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. And by him, of course, it means her husband 
and she does him good, that's a general statement. It means she loves him, she supports him, she blesses him. She's there for him in every situation. Indeed, as a wife and as a mother, she is a source of endless blessing to all those around her. As it mentions, she does this all the days of her life. So, what a lot of talents this woman of Proverbs 31 possesses. And maybe as you're listening to this, especially if you're listening as a wife, a mother, you find all this kind of intimidating. Who can in the world be all of these things? Who can match this? This is something that God holds out to you as a model, realizing full well that there are no perfect, complete wives or mothers in this world. But still he's saying, with his help and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's possible, along with the forgiving work of Jesus Christ, we can go so far in this direction. With divine help, you can go so far. It's saying in your marriage, in your family, aim high. God will help you and bless you. It's akin to holiness, sanctification. God says we need to be holy. Are any of us perfectly holy? No. But every day through the grace of God and with the help of God, we strive to be more and more holy. And so this woman of Proverbs strives to be holy as well. And so should all of you. But you know, there is more than simply a listing here of various talents in Proverbs 31. There's also a description of character or personality. You see, talents and their proper use will only flourish if they're rooted or anchored in true character. So what does this character consist of? For openers, look at verse 25. Strength and dignity are clothing. This woman of Proverbs 31 wears these qualities like a robe. First, there is strength, which indicates this woman is stable. She's not easily influenced, swayed, manipulated, discouraged, or distracted. And second, there is dignity, which means that she is a woman of integrity and honor. And to that, Scripture also adds confidence. Verse 25, she laughs at the time to come. This means she's not worried about the future, nor is she anxious about what tomorrow will bring. In a day and in an age where so many people, and also believers, struggle with anxiety, this woman has found a way to move on in life with boldness. And next notice, she's also mentally alive. Verse 26 reads, she opens her mouth with wisdom. This means that she doesn't put 
her mouth's in motion before her brain is in gear. She weighs her words carefully. She considers how they'll land and affect they'll have on others. When she speaks, her words are worth listening to. And finally, she's kind. Verse 26b, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Quite simply, she's not into gossip, much less into slander. She uses her tongue to build others up, to promise them or promote them, to speak well of them. She may be a shrewd businesswoman, but she is not cutthroat in her dealings. So what do we have thus far? We have a character full of strength, dignity, confidence, wisdom, and kindness. And it's this that functions and that works itself out as she dresses and toils, cooks, organizes, donates, buys, sews, and closes deals. Well, that's quite a lot. What's the result of all this? In the first place, notice, she's praised by her children. Her children rise up and call her blessed. They obviously appreciate her, and they let her know it. They praise her to her face, and they praise her before others. They're so proud of her. And you know, that's great. Let's face it, mothers are often taken for granted. Sure, when, you know, when the children are young, they think the world of their mothers, their fathers. But then they become teenagers and things change. Often they change a lot. The clothes that she encourages her teenagers to wear are ignored, ridiculed, resisted. The cleaning and the washing that she all does is deemed to be automatic. The meals that she cooks are frowned at, often rejected. And the advice that she sometimes gives is met with the rolling of the eyeballs and with a shrug and a yawn. Teenagers here, let's be honest, you guys are hard to raise. And I say that because many years ago I was a teenager myself, and by the way, my wife and I raised seven of them. But yes, Scripture says there's hope. Persevere in doing right, and you will be rewarded. As your children grow and as they mature, they more and more see your true value and worth. And they will even begin to express their appreciation and call you a blessing. In short, your children will come around. And as for your husband, well, hopefully he's realized this all along, what a prize he has in his wife. Her husband also, says verse 28, praises her. He doesn't need to come around. He knows how blessed he is. Unfortunately, us men and husbands, and I include myself, don't give our wives nearly enough credit 
At times, we can be even worse than teenagers in our lack of appreciation. But notice, not this husband here. He's full of praise for her. And that too, this too, because he realizes just what a great helpmeet she is to him. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. When you first read that, you think, well, you know, she's slaving and he's loafing. She's doing the wash and he's pontificating with the boys at McDonald's over coffee. However, the word gates refers to community leadership. His husband is a leader. And how does he get to be a leader? One of the reasons has to do with his wife. He's one of the reasons for his civic success, for his fine reputation, and for his noble position in the community. It's not wrong to say that usually behind every successful husband there stands a good wife. She's a real, true asset. And he's aware of this. Listen to what he says. An excellent wife, who can find? She's far more precious than jewels. And many women have done excellently, but you have surpassed them all. You know, there are times when husbands can be insensitive, uncomplimentary, stilting in their praise, but not this husband. He knows what a treasure he has in his wife. And he tells her too. And that leads me to ask, what about you husbands here this morning? Do you Rise your wife? Do you praise your wife? You know, all in all, there is a lot to consider here. But there's also one thing that should not be overlooked, and that is the secret behind the success of this woman, wife, and mother. And what's the secret to being like her? Well, you find it in verse 30. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You see, the source, the secret, the key lies in her fear of the Lord. This is not about a certain genetic kind of makeup. This is not about a certain type of personality. This is not about anything within her and intrinsic to her. No, the key lies in the Lord and in her attitude towards Him. She fears Him. And that doesn't mean she's afraid of Him. It means she stands in awe of him. She esteems him. She honors him. She listens to him. She obeys him. 
first she knows just how great and awesome he is. He is her creator, provider, and protector. And second, she knows her own sinfulness and weakness. She knows how prone she is to fall and stumble. And third, she knows where help and redemption come from. It comes from the Lord through his Son and by the Spirit. And fourth, she knows that the only life worth living is built on the triune God, on his grace and mercy, his love and forgiveness. And fifth, she knows that her life will only be blessed if lived in faith, love, and holiness. And this is the key to her success. And this is the key to the success of every woman of God. She looks daily to her Lord. And she finds her life and hope and blessing in him. So if on this Mother's Day 2023, you want to be a real woman of God, a true wife, a wonderful mother and grandmother, Look not to charm school or beauty school, but look to the school of faith. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Let's pray.